Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Happy Friday, podcast listeners. We have got an absolutely packed show for you to take you into the weekend, hopefully keep you entertained. In hour one, we'll talk to my guy Lance Taylor, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. Uh, How much is the state of Alabama getting behind Auburn and Bruce Pearl's run? Hour two, Tyler Dunn wrote an incredible piece on the Bleacher Report about the dysfunction in the Green Bay Packer relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. We'll dive into that with the author of that story. Also in hour two, Jeff Schwartz will swing by. And then final hour of the show, my buddy Chad Withrow, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, swings by and we talk about HBO uh, and Game of Thrones versus the NBA playoffs. Which would you choose, the first round of the NBA playoffs or Game of Thrones? And continue through the strange and tortured relationship of Aaron Rodgers with his family. Is it valid to be a story? All that and more. I'll kick the coverage. Appreciate you guys downloading the podcast. This is Fox Sports Radio, and we're rolling now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, it is Final Four Eve. We'll be talking about Auburn going up against Virginia and Texas Tech going up against Michigan State uh, throughout the show. We have a loaded show for you. Let me go ahead and hit you where we're going here. Uh, In hour one, we're going to be joined uh, soon, next segment, by my guy Lance Taylor, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. We will talk about uh, Bruce Pearl, we'll talk about Auburn, we'll talk about the Final Four with him. In hour two, we are going to go all in on this Mike McCarthy, Green Bay Packer controversy, and I'm going to talk about that 
here momentarily as well, but we're going to be with the author of that Bleacher Report article. If you haven't read it yet, I tweeted it out late last night. Uh, So that will be going on at the top of hour two. Then we are going to be joined by Jeff Schwartz, who joins us every single Friday. And then in hour three, my guy Chad Withrow will join us uh, as he typically does every single Friday. So that is where we are headed to discuss all of those stories. But we begin with the uh, the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy uh, story on Bleacher Report, which honestly is an amazing read. And again, we're going to go with the uh, the author of that article uh, at the top of hour two. If you have not read it, I tweeted out the link uh, late last night on uh, my Twitter feed at Clay Travis. You can go grab it. You can go check out and see exactly what I was uh, talking about there. Uh, and it takes a long time to read. It is a legit long read, but it dives into much of the dysfunction that appears to be surrounding the Green Bay Packers over the past several years and lays at the feet of the relationship between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, the reason why all of that discord takes place. And it even involves Brett Favre uh, coming back and playing and the fact that Aaron Rodgers basically creates on the team guys who are all in or guys who are all out and doesn't leave any room at all for nuance in terms of how he classifies each teammate. And by the way, that's also what he has done with his own family who he cut off because He's obsessed with eliminating any negativity at all in his life. So why did the Packers only win one Super Bowl? Why have things come off the rails with that franchise? How will the new uh, offensive coordinator from the Titans, who has now been promoted to take over everything with uh, the Green Bay Packers and yet has yet to uh, speak to Aaron Rodgers, how will all of that manifest itself this year? Aaron Rodgers not getting any younger. I believe he is 35 years old now. And unlike, let's say, Tom Brady, he doesn't seem like he's still got five or six years in the tank, even like uh, a Drew Brees. He's had a lot of injuries. Uh, Is he able to kind of bring this Green Bay Packer team back together again, or are they destined for another losing season? I'm telling you, the read is utterly fascinating um, as uh, as you go through it. And it doesn't really place direct blame on Aaron Rodgers or Mike McCarthy, but talks about the environment that both men allowed to create and fester where they didn't really like each other, but neither man was really going after the other man. It talks about how much of Rodgers' persona is passive-aggressive, that he doesn't really find or seek out conflict on his own talks about the, the the GM of the Packers, Ted Thompson, making the decision to trade away veterans who were leaders in that locker room and how ultimately you ended up with a void at the top. And it talks a great deal about the fact that Aaron Rodgers has the talent to have won multiple Super Bowls like Tom Brady has. But really, as I was reading the article, unlike Brady and Belichick, who granted have had a lot of tension, but it seems like Robert Kraft was there to uh, lessen that tension in many ways, or at least to help to paper over the differences and have those two men sit down and talk it out. They may not love each other uh, in terms of uh, in terms of an incredible relationship between coach and player, but they were able to get to a working area that allowed the Patriot dynasty to continue to flourish and has allowed Tom Brady to win six Super Bowls. 
uh, and and it go to nine Super Bowls. Uh, instead, it sounds like the dysfunction took everything down with it in uh, Green Bay. It's, it's a remarkable article, and again, at the top of hour two, we're going to dive directly in on that article. And if you're looking for something good to read and you are having football withdrawal here on the eve of the Final Four, trust me, you will really enjoy that read uh, that goes into the dynamics and the dysfunction surrounding the Green Bay Packers in the McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers era. So that is where uh, we are going to be going uh, at the top of hour two. But right now we're going to go down to the state of Alabama here shortly because the Final Four is going on and there is a great deal at stake for Bruce Pearl, for Tony Bennett, for Tom Izzo, and for Chris Beard, all four of their teams set to play tomorrow. What do we think about the uh, the lines? What do we think about the matchups? What is going to uh, to take place in uh, that scenario as we get ready for a Final Four that is frankly wide open? I, I know that the uh, that UVA is a favorite, that Michigan State is a favorite in their game. They're favored to meet. But this feels like a wide-open Final Four in what has been very much of an intriguing NCAA tournament so far, unlike most years when the NCAA tournament peaks in the opening weekend. That opening Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday feels like a basketball carnival, and usually that is the best part of the NCAA tournament. That has not been the case this year. The Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, infinitely better games, could have gone either direction, phenomenal shooting, outstanding basketball we'll see whether that carries forward into uh, Minneapolis in the uh, in the final four should be a lot of fun we'll also see whether playing in the dome has that dome shooting impact where unfortunately lots of times the teams come out and just don't drop shots early or whether the good shooting uh, will continue in the final four all of that and more should be an awful lot of fun we appreciate you hanging out with us here on a Friday in April, right on the eve of the Final Four. Like I said, we have got an absolutely loaded show for you. We're going to be diving into everything. Up next, it's going to be Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. He's going to join us. He'll give us a sense for what the situation is uh, with Bruce Pearl and whether or not he thinks Auburn has a chance to pull off an upset as the biggest underdog in the Final Four and what that would mean for Bruce Pearl. We'll also talk about the significance of the Final Four on the legacy of Tony Bennett, Tom Izzo, who nearly 20 years ago, 19 years ago, won his only national title. What would it mean for nearly a generation later for him to win a second one? And uh, certainly we will talk about Chris Beard, the best of the young coaches there, and uh, what is likely to happen with him and Texas Tech going forward. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, 
tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting Getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros. That's H I M S dot com slash two pros for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash two pros. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We bring in now Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. What's the play for the Final Four? What are you planning tomorrow? Um, I've got mine locked in. I've got, I've got a dog and I've got a favorite. You want to take a guess? 
Uh, I bet you are uh, on uh, – man, that's good. Uh, the, 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 I bet you're on Virginia, and I bet you're on Texas Tech. You got me. I think that's going to be our national championship matchup, but I think it probably plays in the 50s. Um, so we, we talked about this the other day. Who do you think has more at stake from a coaching perspective in this Final Four? Uh, obviously, Bruce Pearl's never been there before. Neither has Tony Bennett. Neither has Chris Beard. Tom Izzo, on the other hand, has already won a national championship. But getting to a second national championship would be huge for him. Not the program, but the coach. Who has the most at stake? I think it's Tom Izzo. I think you hit it right there because the guy's been to eight Final Fours. And when you really break down the career, Clay, he takes over the program in 1995. It, it reminds me of what Bob Stoops did at Oklahoma. We appreciate and respect him as one of the top two, three, four coaches in the game. But the bottom line is he's got one national championship, and it happened early on. And to just sit there and think about it, it's been 19 years since Tom Izzo won a national championship with all the success he's had. There is such a difference. And, look, I really believe winning a national championship in college basketball is probably the hardest championship to achieve. But there is a huge difference between one and two. And to put him in elite company with guys that have multiple national championships, um, I think it's it's rarefied air. Now, you look at the other guys, and we tried to rank the coaches, and obviously one through four in this Final Four, it's easy to go Tom Izzo one just based on credentials. Then it gets really difficult because Bruce Pearl, you know, he's had success everywhere he's been. Tony Bennett took Washington State to the Sweet 16, and he's obviously an elite coach. He finally gets monkey off back getting to a Final Four. Chris Beard's the big incomplete. Ultimately, Chris Beard might be the best of all of them. I love this Chris Beard. The more you read about him and the more you hear him in post and pregame, uh, he blows you away. Um, you know, So ultimately, who knows who this will be the most important to. But I think right now it's got to be Izzo trying to get that second national championship. You do radio in uh, Birmingham, big station down there, 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. Uh, in that city, and obviously football uh, with Auburn and Alabama and the SEC in general is the lifeblood of that city. How would you compare Auburn's Final Four run to a exciting college football run for either Auburn or Alabama? Where does it rank in terms of what the city has been like and in terms of what reaction you've seen? It's crazy buzz, Clay. And, you know, one of the reasons we've got three relevant basketball programs, at least over the last 30, 40 years, has been – some relevant programs in Alabama, Auburn, and UAB. And the one thing all three have in common is they've never been to a Final Four. And so Auburn has done something, they're in uncharted territory now that nobody else has been able to do. So, you know, Auburn fans are taking a lot of pride in that. And, you know, I went to pick up the kids from school yesterday, and it's almost like a, a, a Friday in the fall where you see kids unloading and, and getting into buses, and they've all got their Auburn gear on. And we were out shopping last night, and people are wearing their Auburn gear at the mall. So people are, are – it's almost like an Iron Bowl weekend where you've got Alabama taking on Auburn. I mean, everybody is flying the flag this weekend, and there's a ton of buzz. There's a lot of Auburn fans that are making plans to go up to Minneapolis this weekend. And, you know, it, logistically it's something, you know, they weren't prepared for because I don't think they thought they would get out of the second weekend. I think most Auburn fans believed that they would beat Kansas, but once they got to that Friday night game last week against North Carolina, they didn't think they were going to win that game. And then once Okiki went down, they really didn't believe they were going to beat Kentucky. But now that they're here, you know, anything's possible. Are Alabama fans rooting feverishly for Auburn to lose in basketball too? Or is it a different feel than if Auburn were in the playoff in college football? I think it's a little different, but I think the majority of diehard Alabama fans hate Auburn in anything. 
And, you know, I watched the Kentucky-Auburn game this past Sunday. There was a group of eight of us, and two were diehard Alabama fans. And, I mean, they were sick to their stomach, <laughs> saying, I can't believe we've got to wait another week of hearing this. And if Auburn won a national championship, we don't know what we would do. So I think there's a lot of that. And I think you've got some that like to fly the flag for the entire state, and they think it's kind of a cool thing. But now I think that you're at this point – I think the majority, probably 95% of Alabama fans, would probably pull against Auburn at this point. Uh, we're talking to Lance Taylor at 94.5 uh, Jocks in Birmingham at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. All right, LT, Auburn has proven that they will insanely overpay when you look at Gus Malzahn, right? And I know Arkansas made a run at him, but I think even most Auburn people would be like, the fact this dude is making over $7 million a year or whatever exactly he's making is wild. What is Bruce Pearl going to make after this Final Four run? You, you look at Pearl right now, Clay, and he is 38 in total compensation when it comes to college basketball. Which is really at, nowhere near the top, right? 38 no, overall is pretty wild. But, but I'll say this. It's still $2.6 million, and this was a terrible basketball program. You know that before he took this over. So he's still making a lot of money for Auburn. Um, but I agree with you. Malzahn broke the bank, and he – hadn't even won his S- he hadn't even won a championship in the SEC when he got that extension. Now he had won one in 13 when obviously he went on to play for a national championship in year one against Florida State. But when he was in the middle of that contract negotiation, they were about to play Georgia for the SEC championship and they ultimately lost that game and he got that huge contract extension that I don't think a lot of Auburn fans were happy about. And when you start to break this down, we did an exercise the other day and a lot of your listeners probably don't care, but I know you really followed the SEC and when you start to look at the 14 coaches on both football and basketball and you see which university has a better basketball coach than football, we went 9-5 basketball. Yeah. And to me, it's not even close, Bruce Pearl over Gus Malzahn. With all that said, 38th right now in total compensation. We had Rick Barnes on the show yesterday. I know you're not a huge fan. and They vastly underachieved once they got to the tournament again this year. He's 14th in compensation, making $3.2 million. Bruce Pearl beat him twice in a week's time. You know, if I'm representing Bruce Pearl, you're paying me more than Rick Barnes. And I think it's going to be creeping up on top ten money if you want to keep Bruce Pearl. And I think there's a sense of loyalty from Bruce Pearl to Auburn based on the fact that they gave him his second chance. So I think they'll pay him over $3 million, and they could pay him close to $4 million, putting him right there in the top ten of, of college basketball coaches. How weird did you think it was that UCLA thought they were going to hire John Calipari away by offering him less money than he was making at Kentucky? Yeah, it was one of the dumbest offers I've ever seen. And, and I'm one of those that continues to believe that UCLA can still be a really, really good job. And the more you read about it, their athletic department just doesn't seem to want to get behind anything. Um, but to pay him less money to do a more difficult job in a market that's probably 50% at least more expensive than his current market in Lexington was one of the dumbest offers I've ever seen out there. Oh, I think it's almost triple as expensive as Lexington. I mean, Lexington is an awesome town. If you've ever spent any time, people out there uh, listening, if you like horse racing, if you want to go see a Kentucky basketball game sometime, and Lexington is a beautiful, awesome college town. But John yeah, Calipari thing, making and, and $9 and million know, there is like making $25 million in, in, in L.A. Well, look, Ben Howland took UCLA to three consecutive Final Fours. Uh, Calipari, his ability to recruit, it wouldn't change. It doesn't matter where he goes. Right. Calipari could go to, again, I'm going to reference Washington State, and he would be able to get athletes there. And if you gave him the UCLA job and you let him have total control, he would dominate. So if you're UCLA, what's it worth to you? What's it worth to you to be a borderline bubble team every year or to be one of the top three, four, five 
teams in college basketball. I mean, to me, that's worth $12 million a year. It is interesting uh, that I, I don't remember anybody ever offering less money and getting a coach to leave who wasn't in danger of being fired. Uh, you mentioned the SEC basketball resurgence. I have argued that, that Greg Sankey deserves a lot of credit for that uh, in, uh, in the SEC because it's been as the commissioner, has been one of his focal points, but also because the SEC network money has just become so substantial. You see Buzz Williams jump from Virginia Tech to Texas A&M. Uh, what would you attribute the SEC's basketball resurgence to? You know, I think Greg does have a lot to do with that. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with money, too. I think these programs realize, and this is what baffles me about the Pac-12, and I know they're not printing money like the SEC right now, but success, you know, that, that does equate to, you know, bringing in a lot of revenue. And I think the SEC sees that, you know, if you're winning championships and you've got relevant programs, you're going to be able to make money. So they're making money on the football side. Why not turn that and, you know, put the investment into some of these coaches? And, again, I don't understand, you know, back to the whole Calipari thing. If I'm Larry Scott, Pac-12, I'm pitching in to UCLA. i got to make the conference relevant again. But the SEC, we saw how bad the basketball was, you know, three, four years ago. They were just battling to get two or three teams into the NCAA tournament. And now the conference is completely loaded. And you can make an argument right there with the ACC and the Big Ten. It's uh, one of the best basketball conferences in college basketball. Uh, last night, the Warriors come out and get up like 31-8 to or something on the, uh, on the Lakers. The Lakers have set down LeBron James. They don't care. They're playing out the thread here. But the flip side is the Warriors seem like they have finally said, hey, we're ready for the postseason. They are starting to dominate down the stretch. Is there any hope of anybody beating the Warriors in your mind? Would you take Warriors or the field right now for the NBA playoffs? I'm still going to take the Warriors. I mean, it just seems like the most inevitable thing in sports outside of the Patriots winning the AFC East is the Warriors right now, at least the next couple of years, winning a championship. And, you know, I, I don't know what Durant's future is. Most people think he is gone. But right now with a healthy Durant, a healthy Steph, everybody buying in, they've won seven of the last ten. Uh, they've won three straight. Uh, they're two games up on the Nuggets right now. And, you know, I think it is kind of a fascinating 1-8, whether they play the Spurs or Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook. But right now, um, you know, I'm still surprised the Rockets were able to take them seven games last year in the Western Conference Finals. I'm taking Golden State. I usually take the field play, but I would take Golden State here. All right, last question for you. It's a quick one. Uh, the NBA playoffs start on April 13th. Game of Thrones, the final season, begins on April 14th. You can only watch Game of Thrones, the first six, the final six episodes, or the first round of the NBA playoffs. Which are you picking? I'm a Lakers fan. Six consecutive years of not getting to the postseason, not even close. I'm taking Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm taking Game of Thrones, too. Uh, yeah, good stuff, as always. Would, if most people are being honest with you, because first round of the playoffs, so so irrelevant. It's so predictable, too, in the NBA. Uh, it's not like the Warriors are going to come out and lose to the eight seed. If you told me that could happen, then that would be crazy. Yeah, and I, but. I, I saw odds on first character to go down in Game of Thrones last night. So, you know, and, and, and who knows? I mean, everybody's expendable when it comes to Game of Thrones. That You talk about something that is not predictable. I'll tell you this. Uh, Cousin Sal told me uh, yesterday, he said one of his buddies had seen the first episode of Game of Thrones already. Uh, I, I don't know what the Hollywood connection is to, to make that happen. And he said that, uh, that it, was, it was really pretty outstanding, uh, not surprisingly. But I am giddy to watch that on April 14th. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Clay, I'm going to be really – My expectations are extremely high for these six episodes. 
I mean, to me, every episode should be, you know, uh, Mountain versus Viper, Red Wedding. I mean, I want crazy. I mean, this, this is it. I mean, this is the greatest show in television history to a lot of people. And you've got, you got six chances to do it right. I mean, I don't want one B episode. I want all A+. plus. Yeah, here's the other thing on that as, as we come down the stretch. I mean, how amazing, theoretically, could that Sunday be? Because you've got, like I said, the NBA playoffs are going on, eh, whatever. But some people will be interested in watching that on that Sunday. More importantly, you got Masters Sunday, which looks like it could be a pretty incredible run given all the golfers that are right rounding into shape right now. So you could watch Masters Sunday, take a little bit of break for dinner, boom, Game of Thrones. That's a hell of a Sunday. Yeah, and I think a lot of wives and girlfriends are going to get neglected. They need to just be prepared for that. <laughs> I think you're exactly well, as if they aren't already. Uh, good stuff as always, LT. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Enjoy the weekend. See you later. We'll do. That's uh, Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor. Uh, I, I don't know how aggressive you guys are. We'll probably talk about this again next week. But I want to poll the crew here quickly uh, in studio. Would you guys rather watch the first round of the NCAA? Uh, sorry, of the uh, NBA playoffs? or Game of Thrones, I would go Game of Thrones. Uh, I know, Dub, you watch Game of Thrones. Which would you choose? That is such a tough question. I'm going to have to go with Game of Thrones. Uh, Danny G, which way would you go? Uh, I also watch Game of Thrones, This, but I'm an NBA fan as well. This is tough. If it was the second round of the NBA, I might go NBA, but I'm also going to go GOT. <laughs> Who else watches Game of Thrones? Eddie or Roberto? I'm not sure. Yeah. You guys Remember, watch? Eddie's going to order the box sets. Oh, yeah. Eddie, like, well, I don't know what Eddie's doing with his life that he hasn't watched Game of Thrones yet. Roberto, do you watch? That NBA season is over for me. So, yeah, Game of Thrones all the way. Yeah, that is going to be – I think it's an interesting question. I know we have a ton of sports fans listening all over the country, but I think if you watch Game of Thrones, and I know some of you don't, you hate it, whatever – uh, by the way, we'll be doing Game of Thrones reactions on this show every Monday in hour two for the six weeks that that show is going on. So you can pencil that in. Make sure you download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss anything. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, we'll open up the phone lines. We'll do a. Uh, we'll treat it like a sporting event every Monday in hour two, starting next weekend. We will do Game of Thrones analysis live on the show. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, Eddie, what are you doing with your life that you haven't watched Game of Thrones yet? I, I don't have HBO. I know that's, yeah, that's I not a great but... excuse, but, uh, I do, I want to, I want to start watching it. Once it's all over, I'm going to like, just You can pay watch. $9, right? For so one or, go... or, or I could get Clay's HBO Go password. Yeah. Or no, we can start a GoFundMe no? page. Oh. For uh, Eddie. Not, not going to No, no. Me. The HBO, oh, <laughs> HBO now, you can buy monthly. So you could literally pay $9. I don't know what a movie costs in L.A. now, but I know More I was going on to try to get Avengers Endgame. I have it's HBO like, now. It's not $9. It's $15. Four, okay, whatever. Fourteen. Like The point here, <laughs> the point here is you can well, get HBO. Well, you've been HBO. in your castle, Clay. The, the cost of living has yeah, gone up for the rest of place. all of us. The, a, HBO now, $14.99. And there are like, I mean, that's like 10 cents an episode for Game of Thrones. For one month, you could binge Game of Thrones, and you could finish it by having the ability to watch the final six six episodes, right? Uh, I don't know what movies cost right now, but I went on to try to get Avengers in-game tickets for my kids and for us to be able to go see it, and it's like $100 to go see Avengers in-game now in theater. So even a normal movie theater ticket is like 15 or 20 bucks now. So you could get all of Game of Thrones for less than you pay to go watch one two-hour movie. All right, you've shamed me enough. 
right? I mean, that's that. That, by the way, is I think one of the things that's going to be a challenge as we move into this streaming era. I think there are a lot of people out there. You mentioned password sharing, and certainly that goes on. But if you decide that you really want to watch a show, I think there are a lot of people who will sign up for HBO now for one month, right? For the one month, uh, maybe two months if they need to, the way it bridges around for a six-week run. And so they'll pay 30 bucks, watch all of Game of Thrones, and then bail on HBO. I think there will be millions of people who will do that just to ensure they're able to watch the uh, the final six episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, everybody at HBO is going to get bonuses. I mean, the spike uh, that they'll get, you're right. Just I, I would pay that if I didn't have HBO. 30 I mean, really, in all honesty, I mean, it, and they, they bridged it, so you'd have to pay it, pay it for April and uh, April and May both, I believe. But if you think about it, you know, 30 bucks. I mean, you're basically paying $5 per Game of Thrones episode. That seems like a steal to me when you look at what things cost nowadays in the modern media environment. And I think there'll be a lot of people out there who do it. Eddie, who is wasting his life because he hasn't watched Game of Thrones yet. And I actually watched hockey last night. There's only a couple of games left because the Central Division, here I am showing off my expertise, in the Western Conference is a hell of a race, right? You got the Blues, you got the Preds, and you got the Winnipeg Jets, all three fighting it out down the stretch. This yeah. is a this is a pretty exciting uh, playoff race, right? It is, and it's also very important because the second and third place teams in the Central have to play each other in the first round. So you want to win the division so you can play a wild card team and not have to face one of those other teams in your division. So whoever loses out on winning the division, that's going to be a hell of a first round matchup. And the Preds right now, my understanding, you can correct me if I'm wrong, based on what happened last night, if they win on Saturday, they will be the number two overall seed in the Western Conference. And you set up, like you said, that incredible first-round playoff matchup between uh, the St. Louis Blues and the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that's accurate. So they would be the, they would be the second seed, but the first team in their division. So they would face a wild-card team. That means, yeah, Winnipeg and St. Louis would play. That would be a great series. Yeah, this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, if you're not in on the NBA playoffs, which I think a lot of people will not be, uh, it's worth kind of paying attention to the NHL playoffs because they're everything the NBA playoffs aren't in that you have no idea what's going to happen from one series to the next. Uh, and uh, anybody can get on a run and potentially end up competing for the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's that season is almost over. I think, am I correct that it ends on Saturday for that is, everybody? That is correct. And the playoffs, I believe, start on Tuesday. So they will get going uh, underway even faster than the uh, the NBA playoffs, um, which is uh, which can be intriguing to see. All right, when we come back, uh, there is right now a massive billboard up on the intersection. If you're in LA right now, early in the morning, late at night, however you want to classify it, I, along with my uh, my radio show, my television show co-host, have a billboard up at the intersection of Pico and Motor on the Fox Sports a lot. Have you guys seen the billboard? Yeah, I saw you guys putting it up on the screen during Lock It In on FS1 yesterday. All right, so this is a, I think, really, uh, really awesome deal. But I want to get the crew's verdict on something uh, because the last time, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous because the last time I got a billboard uh, that I was a part of was when we did the Fox College Football Saturday show when Uh they launched FS1. I'm going to tell you why this is very ominous that we have the billboard now. Uh, I'm terrified now. I'll tell you why. That'll finish off hour one. And then, guys, listen to me. Hour two, we have got Ty Dunn, who wrote an incredible article about the dysfunction going on 
uh, between the Green Bay Packers and Mike McCarthy. We're going to lead with him on hour two. Then we're going to go to my guy Jeff Shorts. And in hour three, we'll have my buddy uh, Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone on with us. So we've got a loaded hour two and hour three. But trust me, my fear from the billboard, I will explain next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Danny G was trying to say hello to New Orleans with Juvenile, but I'm not sure if we're actually on 1280 AM in New Orleans yet. So if you're listening to us on 1280 AM in New Orleans, hello. This yeah. is Outkick the Coverage. I saw the press release, but I didn't see our start date, but I know we're going to be on all three hours. So Yeah, right. I know Very we're cool. going to be, but I'm saying you're saying hi to New Orleans and we <laughs> might not be on in New Orleans yet. Well, maybe New Orleans <laughs> is listening on the podcast right now. Uh, or the I, streaming on iHeart or anywhere else. But if you're actually listening on 1280 AM in New Orleans, let us know. Uh, welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. So if you are driving in LA early this morning, or if you will be driving later in the day, at the intersection of Pico and Motor is the main Fox studio lot. And on the outside of the Fox studio lot, there along Pico, they put big billboards up of the most recent successful shows that are airing on Fox can be, uh, you know, Fox uh, can be Empire, for instance. It can be, uh, I don't even know all the shows, you know, The Masked Singer. Uh, It can be the WWE, which is coming in October. Uh, Whatever shows they're trying to promote, they put up billboards. Have you guys seen this, the the LA crew? Have you been by the Fox lot before and noticed that they have these huge billboards up on the side of the building as you drive by? No. I used to work work at the Fox lot, so I know know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. Eddie used to work on that lot. I've seen it. I've driven past it several times, and also in Burbank at the TV studios, it's a common thing out here outside of all the studios. Yeah, right. So they have a billboard. Thanks for the help, Roberto. Uh, They have a billboard. You're uh, fired, uh, Roberto. Right, yeah. Um, All you had to do was say yes. You could have just lied and been like, yeah, you know, I've driven past. (laughs) Oh, yes, I've seen it. It's great. Iconic West L.A. (laughs) locations, the Fox studio, and have noticed at some point in my life that they put billboards out side of the building that's all you had to say was yes but thank you for saying no so we have a huge billboard up and so Petros Papadakis comes on this show with us every single Tuesday right in the hour three we're regular listeners of the show uh AM 570 LA sports out there where is which is our uh, LA affiliate and so when they did this before it was five uh, almost six years ago I guess now I think so. I think FS1 launched almost six years ago, which is crazy because I'm getting old. I can't believe it's been six years. And the only other time I've ever been on a billboard, I was on a uh, Saturday morning college football show with Petros, Mike Pereira, Aaron Andrews, Joel Klatt, and Eddie George. And we were all on a billboard together. And I missed the day when everybody came to get their photos taken. And so they... This is crazy. I drive in, I pull in at the lot, and everybody's excited because the billboard's up. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. The billboard is up, but that doesn't look like me. Not that I'm an expert on like getting photographs taken, 
But I sit and I look at the billboard for a minute as I'm coming in, and I'm like, man, you know what? That doesn't really look like me. And I look at it for longer and longer, and then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I have that tie. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think that's my suit. And then I look longer, and I'm like, wait a minute. My arms are crossed, and I've got a wristwatch on. (laughs) And I don't wear a wristwatch either. So I'm sitting there looking at it, and then I'm like, and my face looks really weird. Like, why does my face look so weird on this on this billboard? Like, it looks all strangled out and, like, kind of bloated. And and I'm like, I'm not an expert on it. Again, I'm not a model. But I'm like, this is a weird-looking uh, weird photo. And then, uh, then I'm talking about it. I, I go in, and I'm like, hey, you know, the billboard's great, but I, I look weird. And then Petros and a couple other people come out, and we look at the billboard, and Petros says, oh, my God, that's my body. They have used my body and put your face on it. <laughs> and so I swear to God, the last time I was on a billboard on the, advertising a show, they 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 like spray painted my face on Petros's body. You actually had muscles. Uh, no, no. Petros does not have muscles. Oh, girth. girth the wrong word to use there, too. <laughs> It's a family program. I uh, So they spray painted my face, like photoshopped, whatever you want to call it, face, it was like face transplanted, me onto Petros's body. And so we were saying, and so it, I know that some of you have Petros Papadakis' uh, phone number for the Textoso line, so you can text him. It'll know exactly what you're talking about. We said, I'm Franken Petros. Like they have taken my face and put it on Petros's body, and it was such a bad photoshop job i don't even know what you would call that that i didn't even want to point out the fact that i got to be on a billboard and so within a couple of months the show got canceled so oh, now yeah ooh, it's like that a dark show cloud. only lasted one year and i didn't even have the benefit of being able to say well at least i was on a billboard and by the way petros was on that show too if i if i left him out that's how i got to know petros so it was me, Petros, Mike Pereira, Eddie George, Aaron Andrews, and Joel Klatt. Really good group. That's how I got to know all uh, all those group, all that group of people really well. Um, and the show got canceled. So now, if you go on my Twitter feed, we have got a pretty awesome billboard up, and it's actually me. I was there for the photo shoot, and it's not Petros's body and somebody else's body in my face. But now I'm a little bit nervous. The show's going to get canceled. Now we've already been picked <laughs> up for year two, but that doesn't really mean anything. Because, uh, you know, like I've been on such a a gambling collapse. Last night I win all three NBA games, but I lost the NIT final because I had to bet the NIT final. Uh, And I bet uh, and lost a lot of money on the – ask me why am I betting the Wizards-Bulls game to begin with. But what do you think? Good sign, bad sign, given the omen here that the billboard is up. Well, I normally would – go dark and say you have a cloud hanging over your head that's going to storm on you but rachel bonetta wasn't on that program the one that got canceled she carries all of you guys she does With- she's gonna leave that's my big fear <laughs> my big fear is that bonetta is going to get like a, a a movie or tv job another tv job like a real tv job not like a, a tv job where you play yourself but like an actress tv job and then she's just going to bail on us and then we're going to be like oh my god we got to go find a new host and that's going to be a real challenge when we come back, the Packers are a disaster, an unmitigated mess. What's going on? What happened with Mike McCarthy? Can Aaron Rodgers get his groove back? Uh, we're going to talk with Ty Dunn, who wrote an incredible story for Bleacher Report inside the Packers organization. That's next on OutKick. 
This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us on Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis, and we are on in all 50 states and around the world. We appreciate all that you guys do to help make the show grow. We are joined now by a guy who wrote a fantastic piece. I mean, really, really well done. I retweeted it uh, late last night. You can go find it on my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis. You can go find it on his Twitter feed, at Ty Dunn. He is Tyler Dunn, uh, and he wrote an incredible piece inside dysfunction with the uh, Green Bay Packers, particularly as it surrounds Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, although former GM Ted Thompson also involved. want to bring in uh, Tyler now. Tyler, first of all, incredible work on this piece. It's a long read. It's a great read. How long did it take to put all this together in terms of man hours, in, ten, in terms of weeks, months? I mean, this thing doesn't happen overnight. Well, hey, for, first of all, Clay, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. Enjoy the show, and, and thanks for that intro. Um, you know, I, I probably around the same time, uh, a lot of Packer fans out in Wisconsin were wondering, you know, what the hell's going on with this team when they lost to the Cardinals and Mike McCarthy was fired. I mean, the, the scene there at Lambeau Field is a little different than the scene that we all saw when they were winning the Super Bowl, when they're going 15-1, and one, when things were just so automatic. And I, I should backtrack. I covered the team for four seasons for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So to, to be around the Packers at their height when things are clicking, as Ryan Grant said, they're literally going to meetings and they're chuckling inside because they know that they don't even need to have these meetings because they're just going to kill whoever they play on offense. But to get from point A to point B, I guess that's where it started, just the, the question of what happened. I mean, how did it get to this point? And uh, I just started calling people, um, you know, a lot of players, uh, scouts, coaches, uh, anybody I could that's in the building, around the building, around the coach, around the quarterback, and uh, just kind of did that. You know, there's obviously a lot of players who – who didn't want to talk, that wish they, they could talk. It's kind of funny, I, there, yesterday when this kind of all broke, I heard from a couple of those players, and they're almost like thanking for some of this coming to light, the things they wish they could could have said for a while. Um, but eventually kind of pieced together, and you know, it's like you said, there, there's a lot of def- different people to blame here. I mean, let's not forget Ted Thompson, the, the GM who built this team to game passed him by. Uh, and he let this team kind of go soft, let a lot of leaders walk out that building, the glue that held the team together. But it kept coming back to Aaron Rodgers, to Mike McCarthy, to the two people who outlasted everybody. So how much – and what I love about the piece is it's uh, sometimes there are pieces written and it is this person is the villain, this person is why everything has mm-hmm. gone awry. Your piece really puts a lot of details out there but doesn't claim, hey, Mike McCarthy is the reason, doesn't claim, hey, Aaron Rodgers is the reason, talks about their relationship in general and both of them being to blame for the decline of the uh, of the Packer franchise. Mike McCarthy is gone. What are the chances in your mind that Aaron Rodgers gets along well with his new coach, uh, Matt LaFleur? Whew. That's the, that's the billion-dollar question, isn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you were to ask, uh, you know, Greg Jennings, you know, he was trying to wrap his mind around that very question throughout our conversation, and and basically said, "Look, I I can basically guarantee that he's going to make life really, really hard on a young Matt Lafleur 
and he's basing that off of what he knows about Aaron Rodgers, his own relationship with Aaron Rodgers, how he saw Rodgers um, relate and work or not work with coaches, with teammates, not being willing to, to, to swallow his pride at, at certain points. He, he, he's very skeptical. I think that Jermichael Finley's very skeptical, and he pointed to the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed, that that kind of gave him more leverage than ever, and then he already he had this all, sense of entitlement early on, and when he got that contract, it was like, you know, Mike McCarthy didn't stand a chance. He's a 39-year-old, first-year head coach, going to stand a chance. I don't know. I think that if Aaron Rodgers is open to playing within an offense, then and, – and Ryan Grant thinks he will be. He thinks he's going to be revitalized, rejuvenated by something new. Like he called it white noise with Mike McCarthy. He gets to that point, you, you tune something out. Uh, but if he is open to playing within an offense and not constantly changing plays at the line of scrimmage, not constantly pat, pat, patting the ball, waiting for something downfield to develop, if he wants to develop and, and extend his career and win another Super Bowl, if he realizes he has to maybe just embrace an offense that could be innovative, that could take him to a new level, sure. I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I'd, I'd say there's a 50-50 shot. What is amazing? And let's not forget too, Clay. I mean, a lot of the talent is gone. I mean, yeah. a lot of the talent he had is is gone. So I don't know Aaron Rodgers, but I do know uh, his two brothers well, uh, pretty well. I mean, they are here, have spent a lot of time in Nashville, and so I know the, both of those guys well. Uh, I know and have worked with Greg Jennings, who everybody loves on uh, the Fox a lot. So. When I read, uh, and, and you didn't quote the, the, the Roger brothers, I don't believe, but they've certainly been outspoken about the fact that Aaron has cut off all of his family relationships, including his mom and dad. And also, uh, Greg Jennings, who uh, is a really easygoing guy, says in the course of that article that Aaron cut him off when he saw him talking basically to Brett Favre before a game and that he's tried to reach out to Aaron Rodgers. They obviously had a lot of success together in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers just won't talk to him. That doesn't seem like normal behavior. Uh, It seems really strange that you would cut off your entire family and the receiver, really, that you probably have had the most success with other than Jordy Nelson, that you would cut him off too. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is living in a very black-and-white world by which I mean he considers you to either be all in with him or all out with him, and that seems very strange. And you come in and again and again to the psychology of Aaron Rodgers and the way that he's built, and that's one of the things I think is so fascinating about this piece. Aaron Rodgers is not a quote-unquote normal guy. He still holds, you say in the article, Mm -hmm. he was still bitter about Mike McCarthy uh, not drafting him all the way back when he chose Mike McCarthy did. Uh, to go with Alex Smith. He was the offensive coordinator, I believe, at the time with the San Francisco 49ers. Who knows if it was Mike McCarthy's choice at that point in time. But for people who didn't read the piece, take us into Aaron Rodgers' mental makeup and what the people you talked to said about him in the locker room and him in general in terms of his personality. That was a great rundown right there, too. Uh, Yeah, I I think that there's two ways to really look at this. So I think everybody I talked to mostly agrees. Yes. He's got this massive chip on the shoulder. You always hear about the chip on the shoulder with grades, but it's different for him. It's bigger. It's been there for a long time. The, the, the zero D one offers the waiting four and a half hours in the green room, uh, the fans booing him on family night, 
when it, Brett Favre's trying to take his job back, he holds on to this stuff, he can hold a grudge, unlike anybody I've ever encountered, I think most people have ever encountered, and th- that's what makes him great. And, and, and Ryan Grant pointed that out. Like, look, this, this is what makes him special. You can't have it both ways. That the fact that he maybe has a, a vindictive edge that he wants to stick it to people, and it's not just Mike McCarthy that ticked him off in that way in the green room. It was every single team, every single coach, every single GM that did. Just so happens that <laughs> the one who took Alex Smith number one was an offensive coordinator with the 49ers. So, yeah, he, he, that's going to, you know, the relationship started with that lack of respect. And over time, that grew and grew and grew. And, and the chip became Mike McCarthy. You know, the, the grudge that drove him became his own coach. So then that, that's where it becomes, it can poison a situation, a relationship, a team, an individual. And people close to Aaron Rodgers, whether they're uh, teammates, whether they're friends, people who are in or out of the circle, they say, look, that, that that's not healthy. You know, maybe that's not normal behavior. That's not a good way to live your life. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's almost like what makes them great comes with these extremely inconvenient side effects that, can affect and damage a person's psyche. Only Aaron Rodgers knows what Aaron Rodgers is really thinking, but there definitely um, are some people in the building that wonder if he needs to kind of you know, reboot mentally or something with this change uh, because it, it, it got to a point where, hey, his head coach left town and, and a lot of his friends, a lot of the, the teammates he was close with on that team are gone. He's the oldest guy. He doesn't really embrace that leadership role, and they don't know what's next for him. Here's a detail that I think will make a lot of people out there just kind of shake their heads and and kind of gets into his psyche. I was told, uh, Tyler, that uh, when he started to distance himself from his parents uh, and and his family members, that they sent Christmas presents to him. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the mom and dad did, and you may have heard this detail. You may not have. I'm 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 very confident based on where I heard it. The family sent Christmas presents to Aaron Rodgers uh, because he wasn't hanging out with them. It's during the season, everything else. Aaron Rodgers had all of his mom and dad's Christmas presents that they sent to him sent back unopened. Yep, uh, that's 100% accurate. That is a detail that I think, regardless of whether you're talking about football, you don't talk about sports at all. When you hear that somebody's mom and dad sent them Christmas presents and that person then sent all of those Christmas presents back unopened, that's something that really goes to a psychologically uh, wild place, I think. Because I think most people out there, I mean, mm-hmm. if that happened with your aunt or your uncle or that happened with your grandma or grandpa or anywhere else, you would say, man, that is a sign of some really substantial uh, issues going on in your personal life to make a decision like that. And so... Uh, you know, Aaron is 35 now. Uh, he, I, I don't know who he's dating. I, I know he doesn't have any kids. I mean, he doesn't really seem to have anybody that close to him. I thought there was an interesting point in your article where Greg Jennings says, hey, you know, Aaron was kind of by himself. I'd have him over to the house for Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, these are people that he has had incredibly close personal relationships with and just cut off. He almost seems like he's creating these wild emotional walls, which are in many ways perhaps hindering him on the field too. Yeah, you can go right down the list, right from the from the Christmas presents to not going to his grandfather's funeral. The same one that you know he talked at length about calling before every game, firing a business manager he's known since high school, set to be the groomsman in, in a wedding, one of his closest friends, get the te- and text him uh, the day before that he can't go. I mean, there's a there's a ton 
there. I mean, is that, you know, basically having to get tickets on StubHub to watch him at Lambeau Field? It's just, it's, it's odd, you know, and, and there's always, you know, maybe there's stuff we don't know that only Aaron Rodgers knows, but the, the sense I get that this is somebody who seeks to maybe eliminate anything he perceives to be negative in his life, and that at some point included the people who were closest to him and mentally he, he just he just made that move, you know, in 2014, and he hasn't looked back. Uh, it's it, it, you don't hear about that often, let alone with anybody, let alone a star. I don't know exactly, you know, what the foundation of his life is, where he's at, truly mentally with this all. Um, only he does, but it does make you wonder if that could be affecting stuff. I think that some of these people who maybe have been cut off. Um, they are concerned. They are worried that that, that it could be uh, affecting what what you see on the field. But um, yeah, only, only he can answer for that, and, and he's chosen not to talk about it. We're talking to Tyler Dunn, incredible piece, Bleacher Report. You can go read it. I tweeted it out. You can follow him on Twitter at T Y D U N N E. Appreciate him waking up early with us here to talk about his big story. How many people did you talk to for this story? That's a good question. Probably. Um, I, I think I wrote dozens, dozens, probably forty-five to fifty. Were um, you? Were you? And, and I think that's that's always interesting to find out how many people are talked to. Were you surprised uh, that some of these guys were willing to go on the record? Because I think you, uh, I'm sure, have experienced that having covered teams. Anybody who has, there's lots of times you can have a private conversation and hear stories, and then you're like, "Oh man, can I use that?" And they're like, "No, I'm not touching that." <laughs> right? Like, I don't want my name attributed to this. To me, what was uh, kind of staggering was the names, and a lot of those guys are retired and whatnot, but to be able to get them to go on the record for this story, uh, did it surprise you that there were guys willing to go on the record in some way? Because I'm sure you'd heard a lot of snippets of this over the years, but this is a big boom piece out there where guys are putting their names on it. Right, which is which was great. And you know what? I, I, I really can't thank... You know, everybody enough for providing information, whether you know they had their name to it or not. I mean, to just to, to try to let folks know um, what was going on internally, um, it helps. I mean, I, I think there's a lot, we all kind of knew that the relationship was a, a fractured, and we saw Aaron Rodgers kind of sniping at Mike McCarthy, and we see the offense that McCarthy had, you know, just going bland and stale and not working, and but the detail behind it has been tough to to come by. So. Extremely, I mean, appreciate everything. Um, yeah, to answer your question, I guess it, it didn't. It didn't surprise me. I think some of this started with relationships that I had when I was on the beat. Um, got to know Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, uh, Ryan Grant, you know, and, and a lot of the players then that that didn't want the name attached. But I just think it, it starts with a phone call. You catch up, you explain what you're doing, and guys can make the decision whether they want to talk about it or not. I think that a lot of them just kind of wanted that information out there, wanted to let people know. And, and there's a few that that didn't speak at the time that I got text from the other day. And uh, they're, they're kind of like, yep, it looks like the, the, the bubble in, in Green Bay was, was penetrated, was burst. I, I think that the world in, in Green Bay, it's just different there. Football's a religion. Um, things stay in-house by and large. Um, there's a lot of belief in the system, whether it's Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers. They were they were winning a lot, but that's the question, right? It's like you make the playoffs eight years in a row, 
you win one Super Bowl, this could have been a dynasty. It was so close. They, they came close again and again and again in the playoffs, and that's the shame of it all. So I think that's maybe why guys spoke to looking back on it out of that bubble. You know, the best stuff definitely came from players who aren't in, in that bubble anymore. They kind of are able to see the real world and look back with, with some frustration that they want to get off their chest. We're talking to uh, Tyler Dunn. Go follow him on Twitter at T-Y-D-U-N-N-E. You can go read his story. I tweeted it out if you're following me at Clay Travis. A couple of more details I want to get to. Uh, on the field, literal uh, almost insubordination. I don't even think it's almost. It was insubordination from Aaron Rodgers. But not only him changing the plays, I think you said up to a third of the time he would just change the plays. And some of the plays he would just almost draw up in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the huddle like, hey, go get open, including that incredible throw that he made to Jared Cook, which a lot of people remember in the Cowboys uh, playoff game. Uh, but when you uh, are diving into this and you hear, hey, Aaron Rodgers is telling the rookie wide receivers, run the routes I'm telling you to run, not the routes that you're being coached to run. I mean, it's not just that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy's dysfunction made it uncomfortable for the two of them. It's that it put many of the offensive playmakers in an untenable situation. 100%. I mean, you can, you can, almost, you can almost feel that that frustration of what in the hell am I supposed to do with some of these young receivers um, from Valdez Scandling to St. Brown, Jamal Moore, who really didn't see the field much. They didn't know who to listen to. And when, when the play design is calling for one thing and Aaron Rodgers is telling them to change up a route on the fly. And also, you know, it should be worth noting that it's not like they have the thousands and thousands of reps that a Jordy Nelson had with Aaron Rodgers, where, you know, they, they can, see the same thing out there adjust on the fly so I think some of Rogers frustration maybe came from that I mean he wanted uh Jordy Nelson to stick around at least one more year you know he 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 wasn't happy that he was maybe surrounded by so much youth because you're kind of starting over but that's part of the problem you almost have to embrace that change embrace that development and it doesn't really sound like he embraced that learning process with these young guys it was always like they they've got to prove it to him which they do you know they've got to earn his trust well it's a two-way street I mean, these guys are young. Uh, if a play calls for a route, you know, j- just run the play and, and see how it develops. And, um, yeah, there's somebody who I talked to in direct conversation with Velda Scanlon and St. Brown, and, and really I thought this source kind of captured that, that frustration and, and to a point with Velda Scanlon where he fell frozen out and he just didn't see the ball a ton for a stretch because he was running what the play called for. That's, I mean, that's definitely uh, – you know, dysfunction to a T. Another detail is that Mike McCarthy was allegedly getting massages while they were getting uh, the final talking through of the game plan. He wasn't physically present there. What can you tell me about that? Right. So uh, heard that from multiple players, uh, from a coach, you know, multiple sources confirmed that. And I think it was, you know, the big picture of it all he took on this CEO-like approach and wanted to give his assistants more opportunities because he wasn't really letting them you know, interview for a lot of jobs if they're under contract so they could kind of run these meetings. And, and there were some players who said, ah, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Like, whatever. There were offensive meetings, not team meetings. And, um, you know, to some, it, it didn't really – they didn't really care. But to others, Aaron Rodgers including, included, it did matter because, uh, as I was told – 
uh, one of the players uh, was talking to a massage therapist. They had the same one, and she kind of let it slip once how uh, McCarthy would, you know, get her up a back stairway and, and get a massage in his office. Now, how often did that happen? I, I don't even know if these players know how frequent they made. Some that I talked to made it seem like it was pretty frequent. Um, either way, the optics are bad. And when Mike McCarthy yesterday, I mean, I, I don't know what you're going to say to your coach. Like, oh, yeah, I did that. Um, d- denied it. Um, Ten minutes later, I mean, a player's texting me and saying, well, I don't know why he's doing that. It was pretty widely known. So, um, by and large, he had bad optics. It, it ticked Aaron Rodgers off. And that's where maybe you can kind of understand where Aaron Rodgers is coming from to a degree where, you know, the, the coach is calling in wrong plays at times. You're bailing him out. He's taking credit, anointing himself as quarterback guru internally to guys and he's not going to offensive meetings and he's not going for this i mean yeah i'm gonna change a play yeah i'm gonna operate on the fly it was it was bad all around play we're talking to tyler dunn bleacher report that's where you can go read his article last question for you ultimately it seems like this dysfunction stems from aaron Rodgers not respecting the football intelligence of mike mccarthy and believing that he aaron Rodgers, knows better than mike mccarthy uh, and, and I started this by asking if Matt LaFleur would be uh, a solution or whether that would continue. Do you think that ultimately is where this all started, that Aaron Rodgers just didn't respect the knowledge that Mike McCarthy had? Yes. Yes, I think it started with, as players and people around the quarterback put, it, it's, he seemed to, to, to loathe, to strongly dislike, to be angry at a coach who became his coach, the same one who decided Alex Smith was better, and that only festered and festered from there to the point of the Super Bowl, to 15-1, and one, when in his mind he's bailing this coach out, to he goes down with um, injuries two separate years. The team basically quits without Aaron Rodgers, so Mike McCarthy doesn't like that. doesn't make him look very good as a coach if Aaron Rodgers is carrying the team on his back. That NFC Championship game in Seattle, they're so passive. They're running three times late in the game when, when throwing for a first down gets into the Super Bowl. That ticked him off. It, it, it added up over time, year after year after year after year. But you're right. It started very early. The seeds were planted. Yeah, I, I think that they were adults, and they tried to work through it. Uh, but it was always there, and holding grudges is what makes Aaron Rodgers great. Yet in this case, it kind of ensured um, that this arranged marriage just wasn't going to work out at some point. And it should have ended a lot sooner than it did. Outstanding stuff. Go read the article at Breach Report. I appreciate you waking up early with us. It's Tyler Dunn at Ty Dunn on Twitter. Appreciate it, my man. Yeah, you got it, Clay. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, that is a really a phenomenal read. We come back. We'll talk with Jeff Schwartz. Have him break this down. He's been in locker rooms. Does he buy into the dysfunction? Can it be healed? It's what's going on with the Green Bay Packers. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty 
tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. If you haven't read that Aaron Rodgers uh, Bleacher Report, Mike McCarthy story that we were just talking about uh, with Tyler Dunn, it is a phenomenal read. It's a long read. If you're going to be at work today, 
and you're looking for a way to pretend like you're working and you want to read something long because you're you're missing the NFL and you desperately want something to uh, to grab onto there, it's really, really an outstanding read. I think I might be the only person who reads on this show. Did anybody else on the show read this story as well? Hey, we resemble that remark. Yeah, Danny G, did you read it? I read yeah. an article about it. Yeah. Different one I've from read, a different when you website. you read an article about the article, it's not no. reading the article. They're aggregating his 10,000-word piece and turning it into like a 600-word piece, which is not well, very still, simple. You still have an understanding about the story. No, you don't. Oh, my goodness. No, you don't. Uh, Roberto, did you read it? Uh, no. No. no, no. Uh, Dub, did you read it? What do you think? Yeah. No. Uh, Eddie, did you read it? Uh, I was like Danny. I did not yeah. read the You guys are like my dad. I read <laughs> articles, not books. I was like, Dad, what's the last book you read? Well, I read a lot of magazines. No, you don't. You don't even read that many magazines. <laughs> the number of men who don't read in America is at an epidemic proportion. <laughs> There's like 99% of – one of the reasons people say, like, why don't you write as much as you used to write? And the reason is because, well, first of all, we've got a huge radio show. I've got a TV show, and I do the Periscope and the Facebook – and because so many people in America are too dumb to read that you reach more people by talking than you do by writing. <laughs> I actually have to transcribe your words every morning. How would you like that? You're a lucky man. Somebody had, <laughs> I mean, uh, since Shakespeare had a, had a stenographer, I'm not sure that any man in America has ever been better, uh, yeah. had a better job than you. So first we hear Clay for three hours and then I transcribe his promo highlights from that morning and then put them put them on Twitter and on FoxSportsRadio.com, and then I reread like three times to make sure there's no mistakes on the transcription. Um, that should count as reading a novel each yeah, day. No, Lucky you. Uh, all right, uh, Eddie, you got to give us an update. Uh, you got it. We'll give you the Geico scoreboard from the NBA where the Bucks beat the 76ers 128-122. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 45 points from Milwaukee. They're a league-best 59-20, and they have clinched the number one seed at home court advantage throughout the now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Does anyone else think that Eddie is showing off the way he pronounces Giannis's name? No. How am I supposed to say it? Well, I think you're <laughs> I think you're showing off. Say his name. Atentacumbo. Yeah, that's way too much. Nah, that's good. Nah, that saying? is way What's too much. Saying? That's showing off. That's showing off. No, that's showing you, off. Give, give me an example of how I should say it. You should say Giannis Atacampo. That's close <laughs> enough. That's close enough. You don't need, you don't need to show off Giannis Atacampo. That's the way I'm going to say his name for the rest of his career. That's a drop. You, you well, you are, can just call him Giannis if you want. But I do call him Giannis. The, the that part there, I can say. That's wrong. If you are saying every little, uh, little like uh, pronunciation, you are showing it off. So you just say, you, I think everybody out there, we just need to all agree. It's like, uh, you know, like I, you decide that you're going to pronounce a name a certain way. Like I'm going to say Gonzaga. I'm not sure that that's right, but at some point in time, I'm not going to adjust it. Right. The same way that like people are saying, Hey, you're not supposed to pronounce GIF. You know, the thing that people share on the, uh, on the internet, G I F you're supposed to pronounce it HIF or whatever the hell is the, <laughs> I pronounce it GIF. And I think we all just need to agree that, that Eddie and people like Eddie who are trying to show off with other pronunciation of names, it's Giannis Adekempo. That's the way you're going to pronounce his name in America. That's Adekempo. not even close to how it's spelled. That's what I don't care. That's the way it should be pronounced. Oh, Do you say Tua Tagovailoa? Mama, I say Tua. Yeah. Okay. I say Tua Tagovailoa. This, this is exactly right, like what's how's that? That's not much difference. A couple other vowels. Eddie, in there. this is exactly how Clay has been stubborn about Gonzaga. They're the Zags, not the Zogs. So every time you say Gonzaga. 
It doesn't make sense. <laughs> They're not the Zogs. Uh, uh, it, it's the way that they should. <laughs> if people pronounce their school or their name incorrectly, it's not my fault. Oh. I'm, I'm going to pronounce it the way oh, they should wow. be pronouncing it. Oh, man. Uh, and you are just, I think, showing off. I, I think it, I, it's it's just it's a little bit excessive. You That's should, all I'm going to say. You should applaud the fact that the dude giving the reports during his show can say it the right way. No, I disagree. I wish he should be reading those Bleacher Report articles instead of trying to brag like you did about how you read an article about the article, which is so pathetic. Uh, the, the article about the article was still long, so I can only imagine how long the yeah, actual article Yeah, it's a long article. article. Well, most of life us read, is complicated. Most of us read shorter sports articles nowadays. It's just a fact of life. I read, yeah, so you don't actually know what you're talking about. Need an expert uh, like me. Oh God. Uh, well, yeah, that's what, what else, we, that's what we have you for, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Joined now by my guy, Jeff Schwartz. Schwartz, did you read the Bleacher Report story about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? Yes, I did. Hey, there we go. Nobody else on the show actually read it. And Danny G tried to get credit for reading an article about the article, which really is nowhere near the same thing. Yeah, I read it last night. I covered it on my radio show for like three hours last night. Yeah, all right. So you're on the ball here. So what did yeah, you Jeff take away doesn't from have it? any other job, though. He's got three ki- two kids <laughs> and a wife, unlike most of you losers on this show. Uh, uh, I know Roberto's got a kid. The rest of you are – yeah, the rest of you got no kids. On cue. Yeah, there they are. Sorry. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> uh, so I take that back, takeaway? you poor bastard. Sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, say that again. My kids were screaming in my ear. Did they? Was that? I thought that was a drop. That was actually them screaming literally yeah. at that exact moment. Oh like, wow! Like, 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 what's amazing about kids is like I can even play alone for like an hour. They'll say nothing to me, but the second I get on my phone, they won't leave me alone. Oh, I, that's that's <laughs> that is one billion percent the truth for anybody who's ever been a parent um, at all. So, uh, all so, right. so what was your okay, big ta- <laughs> yeah, what was your big takeaway from that article? Well, look, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff about Rogers we sort of already knew, right? Sensitive, ego, you know, egotistical, which a lot of quarterbacks are, right? Driven by success, we didn't know kind of about the grudge problem, but we know like Tom Brady still has a grudge about his draft selection, but. To me, this was a huge indictment on Mike McCarthy. And it comes back to a really simple thing, in my opinion, is that his failure to adjust his scheme at all, and I've talked about this before, really led to his players not respecting him, and most, most importantly, Aaron Rodgers. It's hard for you to have players that respect you, and it's hard for McCarthy to discipline the players when they act out. If you just say, well, just do what I do what I call, right? Aaron, stop stop ad libbing and then the plays don't work though, right? So you, you have no authority if what you're telling him to do doesn't work. And so it comes back to just McCarthy just never adjusted and then lost all respect from his players, especially Aaron Rodgers, and never punished him. I mean he never he knew this was happening. It was clear he knew that you know, that Rodgers was changing plays, telling wide receivers to do whatever, and he did nothing about it, at least or at least maybe tried um you know, very, uh, very sparingly to, to change anything. So I think it goes back to a failure of, of McCarthy and his leadership style to never adapt himself to Aaron Rodgers, change his offense, and do all that. Will Aaron Rodgers win another Super Bowl in your mind if you were betting? Um, I don't think so. I, I, he's obviously very talented to, you know, he's talented enough to do that. We know that. 
But I know nothing about Matt LaFleur. I mean, you were in Tennessee with him. His offense didn't strike me as like being the next Sean McVay. I agree. Um, and and clearly you have to demand respect of others. Now, I will say this. It seems like the new general manager there, Ted Thompson was, I think, a part of, the, of this issue in Green Bay. So was Mark Murphy. It just was like apathy, right? No one was like ever pulling out Rodgers. No one was trying to fix issues that were clearly known throughout the team and throughout the community, and no one did anything about it. But the new GM, at least according to the article, said that, to Rodgers, we're hiring Matt LaFleur. You better get, get on board. I don't really care what your opinion is. We're hiring this guy, and be, be a better leader, be a better teammate. So maybe that's the start of something. But, again, I think you need a strong personality to go with, go with, uh, go with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at, look at Tom Brady, right? Obviously, he has an ego. I, I would expect he does. But Bill Belichick puts him in his place like twice a year in a team meeting. It's all it takes. Like, you know, I was with Tom Coughlin. You know, just yell at Eli one time. All it takes is just one time the coach yells at the star quarterback and everyone else is like, all right, well, this coach, you know, means business. So Matt LaFleur's got to come in there and and be um, kind of tough on Aaron early on to to form that relationship, to have Aaron respect him a little bit. Because Aaron's not changing. He's 35. He's setting his ways. He's not changing. But I would lean toward no. I mean, the NFC for so long has been very competitive, right? Every year there's a different team um, in the Super Bowl. So I just I don't think he's going to get back there. Their team is not talented enough at the moment on offense uh, to really, I think, get back to where he wants to go. So I, I bet no. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. How would you handle, let's go all the way uh, to the other side of the country, out to Seattle. How would you handle Russell Wilson? He says he wants a new deal by tax day. Join the club uh, April 15th because we got a lot of money to spend. Uh, and he's going to want around $30 million a year. Now, what the, the Seahawks could do if they really angered him, let him play out this year, and then they could pull a Kirk Cousins. They could franchise him for each of the next two years, and they would guaranteed have him for three more years and then you either work on an extension then or you let him hit the free agent market at 31 or 32. How would you handle this? I'd pay the man his money as much as he wants right now and be done with it. I mean, I, I don't understand the reluctance. Well, I guess he never really asked for money till now, but Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He throws the best deep ball in the NFL. I mean, there's no debate about that. Um, look what he's done for your, for your team. You, they've, they've, I think... And their, by the way, their season total this year, I think, is at eight or eight and a half. They've won over nine games, I think, every year Russell Wilson's been in Seattle. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good bet if you're looking at, at over-unders. Um, he's played with bad offensive lines. They've improved the offensive lines. He's now the face of the franchise, right? All, all those de- defensive players are gone. All he does is win games for you. He's 42-12 and 12 all-time at home uh, as a Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you pay him his money. You get it done with and you move on. You don't, you don't want any of this lingering in the offseason. You don't want to have a quarterback of that stature. Um, I feel like he's not loved by the franchise. If you want to trade him, then you can trade him. I mean, you're going to get, I think, 17 first-round picks for him. I don't even know what you get, but I think you just pay him and move on. Uh, who's your final four picks? Um, I mean, I guess Virginia. I don't know. I hate watching them play, but they're the best team, I think, in this. Uh, and Kyle Guy, who shot terribly for almost the entire tournament till the last five minutes of that Purdue game, I think he's to get back on track. I think Virginia, I don't know. I, I might bet Texas Tech, though, on a, a future bet. Outstanding stuff as always. Have a good weekend, my man. We'll talk to you next week. You too. 
All right, talk to you later, guys. That's Jeff Schwartz. Go follow him on Twitter, G-E-O-F-F-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Final hour of the week up next. We're going to be joined by my guy Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone, as we typically are in the final uh, segment, uh, final hour of the week. And we're going to dive back in to the final four to lead off, as well as continue to unpack this Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, Packers dysfunction that is, in my mind, the story of the day in the world of sports. All that and more. Encourage you to go download the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out the name Outkick. You'll be sure that you never miss a minute of this show. Appreciate all of you. And I hope you all appreciate me actually reading, unlike everybody else on this show. Outkick more next. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Several different stories we are tracking as the West Coast begins to wake up with us. Appreciate you spending your morning with us, first of all, here on Outkick. This is the final hour of the 15 hours that we will do hanging out with you in the morning, uh, Monday to Friday. I hope we'll be with you on Monday as we break down the Final Four, because it is the eve of the Final Four now. We've got Auburn going up against Virginia and Michigan State against Texas Tech. A lot to be gained, a lot to be proven. So much at stake for all four of the coaches and all four of the programs that will be taking uh, uh, taking the floor on Saturday. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I like uh, Virginia to win and I like Michigan State to win if you're just betting without considering the spreads. If you're going against the number, I like Auburn and I like Texas Tech. I like both the underdogs. I particularly love the under in the Michigan State-Texas Tech game, and I like Auburn plus 5.5. Those are the two bets that I've made the most frequently uh, surrounding the Final Four. So the Final Four is uh, looming closer and closer. We have, uh, I thought we had an incredibly uh, good interview uh, and discussion with the author of a fantastic piece on Bleacher Report about the dysfunction in the Green Bay Packer franchise uh, between Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, and Ted Thompson, the GM there. Uh, encourage you to go download the podcast if you missed that. Tyler Dunn, who wrote that article, came on with us to start hour number two. And uh, that was an in-depth look at why the Packers have come off the rails, why McCarthy was fired, what was going on internally in Green Bay, all of those uh, storylines uh, worth following, and we'll continue to unpack those. And this is something that I think the NBA has to be nervous about. If you watched any of that game last night between the Warriors and the Lakers, it appears that the Warriors are hitting their stride right in time for the postseason. They have effectively locked up Western Conference home court advantage uh, throughout. Uh, they are a prohibitive favorite as they have remained throughout the season to win their third title in a row, their fourth in five years. And they aren't just looking like they're hitting uh, their stride. They're looking like they are in a full sprint down towards the end of the season. We'll see what ends up happening. Could be a fun first-round series between them and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Could be the Spurs again. We'll see. But it looks like the Warriors are distancing themselves from the field as we come up on the beginning of the playoffs. All that uh, is out there hanging around. Uh, we're going to be talking with Chad Withrow, my buddy uh, at Withrow Zone, joins us on Fridays every single day and every single Friday in the second segment. Uh, but we, uh, if you've been listening to this show, found out that no one else on the show reads. 
no one else has been able to read the full article surrounding Aaron Rodgers. But I think that is the number one story in the world of sports right now. Um, And we all know that Aaron Rodgers has not been able to fulfill the promise of his incredible talent to maybe the extent that we all thought he would. Now, I know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. Brett Favre only got one. Aaron Rodgers only has one right now. Uh, Winning multiple Super Bowls like John Elway, like Peyton Manning, like Tom Brady is really hard to do. And in fact, even incredibly talented quarterbacks oftentimes only end up with one. But if Aaron Rodgers finishes with only one Super Bowl, is that uh, a sign of disappointment to you? In other words, did he live up to his expectations or his talent if he finishes with only one Super Bowl? I would argue no. Uh, I, I think that one of the most fascinating things about this Bleacher Report article by Tyler Dunn is the suggestion that, and I think Tom Brady himself has said this, if he played for Bill Belichick, he would have five or six Super Bowls. I mean, I, I think that's what Tom Brady has said. And maybe this is just a sign of how overrated Mike McCarthy was. But what you come back to again and again is the fundamental disrespect that Aaron Rodgers had for his head coach and Mike McCarthy. And there's been a lot of tension between Brady and Belichick, but I don't think it would be predicated on disrespect. In other words, there's a big distinction here between the Brady and Belichick discord that's been covered over the last several years and what just went public between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. And the way that I would distinguish between those relationships is Brady and Belichick have not always gotten along, but I don't think we've ever gotten the sense that Tom Brady believes that Bill Belichick is not good at his job. In other words, Brady may think, hey, the reason we're winning Super Bowls is more because of me than it is because of Bill Belichick, or maybe he believes that Belichick should be giving him more leeway when it comes to his personal trainer and his relationship with Brady in general. But there's no suggestion ever that I've seen from either Belichick about how good Brady is or Brady about how good Belichick is. It's more about who deserves more credit. With this Aaron Rodgers-Mike McCarthy tension, it seems like Aaron Rodgers fundamentally believes that Mike McCarthy is just not a good football coach and disrespects his acumen when it comes to X's and O's, which is a different caliber of disrespect than anything we've seen from Brady or Belichick or, frankly, any other Super Bowl-winning quarterback and his head coach. And, and to Aaron Rodgers' credit, I will say, none of this has gone public-public, and Tyler Dunn kind of hinted on this, that one of the reasons why may be the fact that Green Bay is Green Bay. In other words, if this were going on in New York or if this were going on in L.A. or if it were going on in a major city, in a major market, I think it would be harder to hide this dysfunction. But instead, Green Bay is much more (coughs) like a college program. And a lot of times, college media, the media that covers a college program, are almost captured. They're a state-run media. They don't really let you know any of the negativity that's going on until a head coach gets fired and then suddenly everything comes out. And that's kind of what's going on here with Mike McCarthy. So I want to bring in the crew. I asked uh, Jeff Schwartz this question. Aaron Rodgers, 35. Now we know how good that uh, certainly Tom Brady has been even at past the age of 40. And we know that Drew Brees had an MVP caliber season last year even as he approached 40 years old and turned 40 years old. Will Tom, will, we know what Brady and we know what uh, Breeze have been able to do. Is Aaron Rodgers, though, even at 35, past his prime, 
or does he have another level that he can get to with Matt LaFleur, or can he at least prolong his prime? And in particular, do you think he wins another Super Bowl? So I want to bring in the crew, and I just want to poll everybody who's on the show. I think no. No is my answer. I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever wins another Super Bowl. What do you think, Danny G? I would have to agree with you because I think he gets paid so much, and that's the biggest difference between he and Tom Brady. He gets paid so much that that doesn't leave the Green Bay Packers much to work with as far as depth and the players they put around him in skill positions, especially. So with that said, and they made a couple of nice offseason free agency moves, but it's not going to be enough to send them to the Super Bowl, I don't think. So I'm with you on this one. It is intriguing. A big part of the Bleacher Report article talks about the $200 million salary that Aaron Rodgers got and $30 million plus a year. And they said uh, all that's going to do is convince him even more that he is entitled and that he is elite and that he doesn't have to listen to anybody else. And I'm not optimistic about the Matt LaFleur-Aaron Rodgers marriage here. Uh, and I say marriage because effectively a head coach and a quarterback is a marriage. If it's going to work, you have to have an incredible relationship between two people uh, who sometimes are pulling in opposite directions. And when I look at Matt LaFleur, the Tennessee Titan offense in Matt LaFleur's one year as offensive coordinator and play caller was actually not as good in terms of yardage and points as it had been the year before. So, uh, and I know there were injuries and there's always excuses to be made any one year uh, as a reason why it isn't emblematic or reflective of what you'd be able to do if you had multiple years. But the fact that Matt LaFleur hasn't even met with Aaron Rodgers face-to-face is not a good sign to me of uh, Aaron Rodgers being willing to subsume himself to give some uh, some benefit to his 39-year-old head coach in Matt LaFleur. I just don't think this is going to be a good marriage. Dub, do you think... Aaron Rodgers at 35 gets another Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. And I'm going to uh, mainly agree with Danny's point with the the amount of money he's being paid. If you remember last year, I think it was the top six quarterbacks, top six highest paid quarterbacks That's in the exactly NFL. exactly right. None of them won their division. Uh, I don't think and, any of them made the Super Bowl. I mean, sorry, made the uh, playoffs. Yeah, and you've seen the formula, you know, the last five or six years. You get your quarterback on the rookie deal, deal and you build around that, and it's been successful. So I think the the amount of money they're paying him is really going to, you know, handcuff the Packers in the future. That might well be the most underrated aspect of Tom Brady's dynastic run is that I don't believe he's ever been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL during any of the years when he's gone on to win six Super Bowls. And when you look at what some of the salaries are of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, even now uh, at the end of his career, Brady hasn't pulled a Kobe and suddenly demanded to be paid far in excess of his value based on what he's been able to accomplish in the years leading up to it. And uh, I think that's a credit to Brady. He's never said, hey, I need $30 million. Hey, I need to be the highest paid player in the NFL. He's taken less money, which allows the Patriots to be a little bit more efficient in the way that they spend their salary cap dollars and allocate that uh, that money to uh, to talented players around him. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Let's uh, let's bring in my guy, uh, Eddie Garcia, here. What would you say, Eddie? You could, do you believe that, uh, that, that Aaron Rodgers will win another Super Bowl? Well, I would say I don't think he has passed his prime. I, I think he can still have a, a couple of, of pretty good years or, or years at the level that we've seen in the last you know couple of seasons. But I would agree with everybody. I do not see Aaron Rodgers winning another Super Bowl. Roberto, are you going to make it unanimous? Yeah, definitely. I don't see him win, winning another Super Bowl. 35 years old, I think it's just hard to believe. It seems to me with all the injuries that he's had, and I think it's hard not to not to talk about the injuries that Aaron Rodgers has suffered in his career. 
he doesn't feel to me like Drew Brees or Tom Brady and that both those guys get rid of the football or Peyton Manning uh, earlier as well. Aaron Rodgers always trying to throw the ball down the field and I think as a result he's taken a lot of big hits over the years and I'm just not sure that he's going to have the longevity that we saw from Peyton or that we saw from uh, Drew Brees or that we're going to see certainly from Tom Brady. All three of those guys in the final year of, the, of their career and we don't know exactly how many more years Drew Brees is going to play but Brady wins at 41, final game Peyton Manning's career, Super Bowl win to get to two, uh, Super Bowl wins in his career. I wonder in some way uh, whether we're going to see Aaron Rodgers start to decline precipitously, particularly if he doesn't have a good relationship with Matt LaFleur. We'll talk a little bit about that with Chad Withrow and more. Chad Withrow on the hot seat next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't supposed to be my game. <laughs> hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Going down to my buddy uh, Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone on Twitter, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. A uh, bunch of questions for you out of the jump here, Withrow, and then you can hit me with some questions. You have okay, to choose uh, between the first round of the NBA playoffs or Game of Thrones. What do you pick? Oh, my gosh. Is this even a question? I mean, Game of Thrones. <laughs> all, all, all day, every day, Game of Thrones. But I'm also into Game of Thrones. I mean, if this was just a blind question to someone who had never seen it, you gave someone the option of first round of the NBA playoffs and or starting Game of Thrones and seeing what all the hype is about, you know, maybe people would be more apt to take the first round of the NBA playoffs. But, I mean, absolutely Game of Thrones to me. Uh, It is. I I mean, I am giddy uh, as the Game of Thrones gets closer and closer and there's all these odds markets out about what's going to happen during the course of the six games. Who do you think is going to end six shows? Who do you think is going to end up on the Iron Throne? Oh, gosh, that's such a great question. I I mean, Jon Snow would be the odds-on favorite, right? I I know, Clay, you probably have all the prop bets, uh, all the odds. Bran is actually the favorite to end up on the Iron Throne now. Yes. Wow, I mean, I would, I, I want to see Jon Snow because to me he's the most compelling character. Yeah, um, especially you know, spoiler alert, he comes back from the dead at one point, which uh, is one of the more amazing things on the show. Um, no, I mean, I, it, it's it, it's amazing to watch and think that this thing's going to be over so quickly. Like, think, have you ever? Can you imagine anything, Clay, in terms of a television show that's so highly anticipated? This is the most anticipated show maybe of all time. We've had to wait on it for like a year and a half. Feels like about three years, and it's going to be over so quickly. Yeah. And by the time it starts, it's over You know, six, seven weeks later or whatever it is. It's just insane to think about how quick this thing's going to be done. Yeah, I'm almost jealous already. Like, uh, you've got a daughter. I've got young kids. Like, I'm looking forward to being able, when they get old enough, to go back through and watch this thing again because I, I think it'll be even better without the long pauses. I know there's anticipation when the season, you know, you wait a year and a half, but you sometimes forget the details. I also wonder, and this may be a crazy question, but do you think the writers on Game of Thrones for the final season get nervous as they're writing like a, a basketball player in March Madness does when he's up at the free throw line, like and he has to make a free throw in a tight game? 
Like, I, I just yeah. wonder how much in their head are they psychologically when they know how important their conclusion to the, you know, they don't want to go Sopranos, right, and be controversial for the next 20 years about whether or not it was a good ending. They don't want to go Seinfeld uh, where Larry David has to rewrite it on Curb. Like, you want to nail it, right? It's like coming up to the 18th hole, you don't want to go Mickelson in the U.S. Open and put it off the, the hospitality tent. Like, they've got to be a little bit nervous, right? Oh, absolutely. It's not a show, you know, the, the, of course they were interpreting someone else's work for right. a while with George R.R. R. Martin's work. So now that it's their own, I feel like anytime you pick up someone else's work, you, it's got to be really nerve-wracking. I think of the, the latest Star Wars movies where they had different directors and different writers for each one where you have to watch one of the movies and then pick right up how nerve-wracking that must be to not screw it up in this last trilogy that they've done, uh, how, how that has to be tough. But also, Clay, I was reading an article, and I know you'll find the business side of this fascinating. HBO's legitimately, legitimately worried about their business once Game of Thrones goes off the air. I don't blame And them. how many subscribers yeah. they're going to lose. Now, they've got the new spinoff show coming that takes place like thousands of years before this Game of Thrones universe start, starting to be watched. I'm going to watch it. Because now they could put probably anything out Game of Thrones that I'm going to watch. But I'm curious to see how they plan that from a business standpoint. You know, how, Are we going to see a teaser of some sort during this final season of Game of Thrones for that new Game of Thrones show? Like You're going to have to give, give the people something else. Because I'll be honest, I was disappointed when I saw the length of the episodes for the final season. I thought they were all going to be about 90 minutes. And there's like a 52-minute episode, a 54-minute episode. There's two of them that I think are right around an hour and 25 minutes. I was hoping all six episodes would be an hour and a half. So that's how obsessed people get with the show, though. I'm actually sitting there sweating over length of episodes when HBO released them. So because you have that kind of fervor for something, how are they going to capitalize on that? And how are they going to make sure the business doesn't fall apart the moment that show goes off air? I'm stunned that they didn't finish Game of Thrones with like a three-hour movie that they could release on IMAX in movie theaters. That Honestly, from HBO's perspective, that's always been what I've been a little bit surprised by. You're right. I mean, I was hoping that each one of the final six episodes was going to be like a mini movie in and of itself, like an hour and a half. Uh, I, I'm pretty crushed that it's going to be over, and I don't know what I'm going to replace it with in terms of a show that I care about anywhere near the same level, and I think that's why HBO's nervous. On top of that, in this new Warner Media universe, they're being uh, told that they have to make a lot more shows, which has, and they've got new ownership coming in and new leadership, which has a lot of people nervous about what the results are going to be um, because they don't know what the, uh, what, you know, in terms of the one thing HBO has been able to sell is we don't have a great deal of quantity, but what we produce will be incredible quality. And now they're trying to ramp up the quantity while also keeping the quality the same, which is sometimes difficult. Uh, all right, well, so it's a, a Clay, real quick though, and, and that's a great point. You know, HBO's mastered the prestige television. They were yeah. really the first network to do that. So things look like an HBO show, right? When you watch it, you know, well, this looks and feels like an HBO show. And now with this merger, that might go away. But to what you just said, let's say HBO surprised us. They ended the sixth episode of this season on a cliffhanger. And then they came back with a three-hour movie. Would you be upset with the writers if they teased finality in this season and didn't end it and then 
brought everyone to the movie theater for a three-hour No, I, I would I would be happy with that. Now, I think they should tell people in advance, you know, instead of live, leaving it on a cliffhanger. But I would rather, like, if The Sopranos had done a three-hour movie, I understand some people, spoiler alert, like the fact that it went all black at the end of The Sopranos and you're supposed to figure out exactly what happened. And it seems like David Chase basically has said, hey, that was Tony Soprano getting shot. Like, there's enough clues there for you to figure it out. I appreciate that, but as somebody who uh, who uh, you know is, is in any way interested in the craft of writing, I feel like you owe it to your audience to give them a legitimate ending when they invest that much time in your characters and in your story. And I understand David Chase's point of well, it's false that you know narrative exists that stories go on; they just don't come to a close. Yeah, I understand that, but a book is not real life, right? I mean, like the book promises you an opening and an ending to a story. And I think there are tons of people out there listening right now who have watched a read a book or watched a movie, and the ending makes you feel like the time you spent on it was all worthwhile. I'll give you an example. Breaking Bad was a flawless to me ending, right, for that program. And I know they're talking now about doing more because it's always hard to turn down money in this day and age where you have an audience that that's craving more. Uh, but to me... Breaking Bad, I don't know about you, Breaking Bad almost flawlessly delivered uh, a, a perfect ending. I, I completely agree. Maybe my favorite show of all time. Uh, there's a lot of debate about the ending of Lost. I know you and I both really love Yeah, I didn't Lost. like, I, I liked the final image, again, spoiler alert, like of the way it opened with Matthew Shepard's eyes coming open uh, and then the closing it being the final segment. But I thought... You know, like the the post world, you know, nether world meeting in the church thing or whatever. I I di- I loved Lost. I didn't like the way it concluded. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. It didn't it, it did not spoil my enjoyment of the show, but I would have preferred more in in the end. But Breaking Bad coming out with a, a sequel, which has been reported now. I mean, Better Call Saul first off is fantastic. I don't know yeah. if you've watched that. Yeah, it's great. But uh, them coming out with a sequel, I love it. I mean, more great television that we can produce keep it going yeah i'm glad there's going to be a game of thrones spinoff i hope there's more did you watch are you watching billions oh yeah one of my favorites so i'm obsessed with billions now i think it's probably gonna but it's it's not really game of thrones like in the same way like you don't sit around scheming out how how billions is going to end the same way but it's 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 my favorite show that and ozark probably are my two favorite shows that are on right now unless you want to count Stranger Things, which I'm, I'm also excited for on July 4th. All right, that was question one uh, surrounding the NBA versus Game of Thrones. Did you read the Bleacher Report article on Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? No, but Danny gave me a heads up, so I started to skim it All a right. bit, but I have not so, read. Like Danny, I've not read the whole thing. So do you think that Danny should get credit for reading an article about the article, which he tried to claim like when I – nobody else on the show has read this article. So we had the author, uh, Tyler Dunn, at the beginning of Hour 2, and I knew that nobody else, none of the knuckleheads that are also on this show will have actually spent the time because it's like 10,000 words. It's a big read. I knew none of them would actually have spent the time, but Danny actually tried to get credit for reading an article about the article, which is, I think, a new low. I don't think Danny can take credit for reading the article, having not read the article, but I think for Danny it's important to know the bullet points of the article, so I give him credit for reading an article about the article, Um, but if he's trying to take credit for reading the whole thing, he can't. I will also say, though, Clay, I've watched you read, and you have almost a superhuman ability 
to either speed read or you're not really reading the whole thing. No, I, I either that I, or you've developed like I don't know if this is like a lawyer trick or something, but I've watched you read articles and you're scanning up the page so fast. I've never seen anyone in my life read as fast as you can read something. I don't know if you're taking bits and pieces of it, much like Danny took bits no. and pieces of it, having read the article describing the article. Or you're just you, a super fast. You reader. know me. I'm not the kind of guy to brag or draw attention to myself, but I am one of the greatest readers of all time. I can read uh, rapidly and process information in like the 99.999 percentile. So I read all day long, every day, and I read rapidly. Also, I think in general, if you read a ton, you become really good at distilling information rapidly. I mean, look, that's really the only only real skill that a lawyer needs in terms of an analyzing now you also need to be able to speak but uh but so i i read a lot so i read this entire story and and you already have a lot of this information so i don't necessarily think that you need to read the article is good you should read it but aaron Rodgers is a strange bird right i mean he's a little bit of a of a of a weird guy in terms of cutting off his parents cutting off his brothers uh he's kind of created this you're either with me or against me mindset in the world. Uh, everything is very black and white. And if he thinks that you are in any way disloyal, and this is part of the big part of the story, he just cuts you off. And for instance, Greg Jennings, who was one of the best wide receivers to ever play with Aaron Rodgers, maybe the best right up there with Jordy Nelson, said, hey, I used to have this guy in with my family for Thanksgiving, and he won't speak to me now. Like literally will not speak to Greg Jennings. And so I wanted to go here in the big question. Is there anyone in your life that you've ever refused to speak to? No, I don't know if there is. Right, I mean, that's a weird, so that's a weird, like, and I'm with you. There's never been anybody that I would just completely cut off. There's been people who I've not liked or people that have upset me or whatever, but I can't imagine ever being in this situation where Greg Jennings is like, hey, I, I valued my relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I want to talk to him and Aaron Rodgers refuses to speak to him. I mean, there are plenty of people I don't want to speak to. Yeah, right. But, but that if, I would still, like, if they were, like, calling me, like, hey, haven't heard from you in a while, just trying to see if you're okay, that I would still call back and, and speak with. The, the Aaron Rodgers thing, and, and, and I know a little bit more about this also, the fact that he just excommunicated his family. Yes. Um, is just really, really odd, and there's no good explanation and we, we've argued this on my show in Nashville also, I'm of the opinion that that is something, that that's newsworthy, right? Oh, 100 billion percent, I think it is. The fact that quarterback excommunicated his family is newsworthy. My other two show hosts are like, this is absolutely gossip column type stuff. We shouldn't be talking about it. Who cares if Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk to his family? Who cares what his brothers think about him? And, and I'm thinking, it says something about the guy. And if we're talking about a quarterback, we're talking about the whole person. That's just really odd. That's extremely strange behavior for any human for no apparent reason, and he's given no reason to not talk to his family, even when his, I think his dad, like, goes to games in Green Bay and pays his own way. Yeah, he buys tickets on StubHub. give him a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really, really strange behavior. I, I 100% agree, especially when you're investing $200 million in a guy. To me, 
the mental makeup of the person you're giving $200 million to matters a great deal. And so do interpersonal relationships because so much of being on a sports team is not only about your talent, it's about how you get along with your teammates. And ultimately, that seems to be the difference between Brady and Rodgers is that Brady, for whatever reason, even though he's a 41-year-old superstar, seems to get along really well with his teammates and to enjoy the process of being in the locker room. It doesn't feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers. You said, like you, like you just said, I mean, the fact that his dad uh, had to buy a StubHub ticket, the fact that he w- didn't go to his grandfather's funeral uh, because his family was uh, was going to be there, the fact that um, he sent back Christmas presents from his family unopened, I mean, that's all really strange behavior to me. Yeah, it's, it, it's extremely odd. And think about the questions that, rookies get at the combine you know like if you were a food or you were a a vegetable what kind would you be but think about the links at which organizations will go to get inside the psyche of a player before investing rookie money in him i think you've raised an interesting point clay and then if you're going to invest the type of money we're talking about for aaron Rodgers, he's the highest paid football player of all time yes but if you're going to give that kind of money I would want a stringent psychological evaluation. But if you tried to put Aaron Rodgers through that before signing him, wouldn't he just excommunicate you as well? Yeah, I mean, for even that, asking but, that, aren't, aren't you against him at that point for even making him do something like that? Yeah, no, and, and the article says that Mike McCarthy like approached, and I think this is part of the tension. He approached Aaron Rodgers and suggested that maybe he should speak to his family. <laughs> And Aaron Rodgers was like furious that Mike McCarthy would make any kind of comment about that. But that's, I mean, can you imagine if your mom and dad sent you Christmas presents? It's one thing to like be unhappy with them or whatever else. To send back Christmas presents unopened that your mom and dad sent you, that's next level weird. Well, and it's the people who gave you life. Yes. I mean, this is not like just anyone that you just decided they were disloyal to. And by the way, it's not like he – if somebody has such a dysfunctional relationship with their family that everybody is all screwed up and everything else, we know Aaron Rodgers' other two brothers. It sounds like his mom and dad are perfectly normal, like, decent parents, right? It's not as if all three of the sons are like, oh, this was a dysfunctional relationship. My family is awful. I can't spend any time around them. The other two brothers are like, no, they're great. Yeah, and they're they're normal, nice guys. Yes, there's something there's there's something missing here that I've argued for a while is very newsworthy, and I'm not glad that it's now all coming out. But it's always been so weird to me um, talking to to Luke about it, and and you know, of course, you know both the brothers also. It's just really odd because you're right. There was no moment. There was not one incident or one thing where Aaron just decided, I'm not going to talk to my family anymore. It was like he just made the decision that these people are bad for me and I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And they did nothing. And and I think to your point about whether people think it's like uh, a little bit too TMZ or a little bit too People Magazine or, you know, Us Weekly or whatever it is, I think some people might have that opinion because the first time this went public was during The Bachelor. And so people were like, oh, this is really dramatic. It's really been trumped up. And and so maybe that's the way that they're approaching it, uh, which was true back when Jordan was on with JoJo. Yes, I watched the whole season. All right, so um, uh, last question for you. What happens in the Final Four, and who has the most at stake? Wow. You know, I think Virginia um, has the most at stake simply because 
with Tony Bennett's system, you know, who knows? This sounds this sounds weird because they've been a number one seed so many times now, but who knows when they're going to get back and have a chance at this and have it open up the way that it has for them in the Final Four. I think Virginia's the best story. I think they had the most embarrassing loss in the history of the NCAA. I don't think, I know. They're the only one seed to lose to a 16 seed. They lost by 20 points to Maryland-Baltimore County. To come back with pretty much the same group and get to the Final Four, I think is the best comeback story of this tournament. So for them to then win the national title the next year would be really cool. Um, I think they have the most to lose also, honestly. I mean, they've, they've got to be the favorite going in along with Michigan State. But, um, I mean, you know, Tom is on Michigan State. They're not going anywhere. I think this is Virginia's time. I really do. Outstanding stuff as always. Uh, have a good weekend. Appreciate the time. All right, Clay. Thanks. That is uh, with Rozone. Reach out to him. Find him on Twitter. I am Clay Travis. Final segment of the week up next. Gambling picks for the Final Four and all the cruise picks as well. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Atentacumbo. Yeah, that's way too much. Nah, that's good. Nah, that saying? is way What's too much. That's showing off. That's showing off. No, that's showing you, off. Give, give me an example of how I should say it. You should say Gian, Giannis Atacampo. That's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's close enough. You don't need, you don't need to show off oh, that's Giannis Atacampo. That's the way I'm going to say his name for the rest of his career. That's a drop. Montel Jordan bringing us back. I'm going to say Giannis Atacampo for the rest of my life as a sports host. And if that means that I'm not trying to show off, I'm just going to say his name the easiest way to pronounce. At least you're really good at reading. Great at reading. Yeah, Maybe the, I'm one of the greatest readers of all time. Uh, welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. All right, uh, final segment of the week. We're rolling into Final Four Saturday. My gambling picks for you right now. Get out the pen and paper. Going 2-0 and here. Love Auburn plus 5.5. Love the under 133 on Texas Tech, Michigan State. Boom. There's two winners for you. Uh, what do you guys expect? Dub, what's the matchup going to be? I'm going Auburn, Michigan State. My Tigers are going to play for a national championship in basketball. Is this real? I mean, is this real life? I can't believe it. If they're playing for a national championship, would you try to go to Minnesota? I mean, that'd be a pretty tough call. I, I don't have any plans, so I mean, I mean uh, it's a little went, late in the game. You went to Europe to watch the uh, to watch what was it the uh, Ryder the Ryder Cup? Cup. Well, yeah. that, that was that was planned months and months and months in advance. This is a little uh, a little it's a lot easier here. to get to Minnesota than it yep. is France. Who's going to answer the phones? Yeah, plus he stayed in a hostel. The phones don't, the phones don't work. You stayed in a hostel <laughs> in Europe? Oh man, it was so nice. It was like thirty bucks a night. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I was just kidding, but I definitely thought that we were paying him too much money when I found out that he was in Europe at the Ryder Cup. Like he answers phones. How was he in France? Uh, all right, who do you guys have, uh, Danny G? Who do you have in this game? And my heart is with Bruce Pearl in Auburn, but my money's on Virginia. I'll also take Texas Tech, though. Chris Beard and the underdogs there. He was on the DP show yesterday, by the way, and told a story about how just four years ago he was bumming around at the Final Four trying to find a ticket to buy so that he could sit and watch. How amazing is that? Yeah, the Final Four, if you're a coach, is basically the coaching convention. So everybody shows up there uh, to uh, to basically see and be seen and try to find jobs, get tickets, hang out. Um, I think that's why Gottlieb's up there. He's trying to get the Oklahoma State gig still. Uh, what you got, uh, uh, what you, <laughs> Roberto, what you got in this game? I'm, I'm going to go 
with Auburn. I think Virginia's crappy offense is finally going to catch up to them in this game against Auburn, and I'm going with uh, Tom Izzo and Michigan State. It will be intriguing to, uh, to see if Izzo gets into the title game because getting that second national championship for Izzo would be an incredible endorsement, and also to have it happen nearly 20 years between the titles. Other than Coach K, that's almost unheard of to have a, uh, a national championship coach go 20 years between the championships. So that would, uh, that would be a hell of a story to follow as well. Yeah, what you got? You could argue this might be one of the best times of the year on the sports calendar. We're eight days into the MLB season, 20 days away from the NFL draft in Nashville, nine days away from Game of Thrones, of course, six days away from the Masters, four days away from the NHL playoffs, and one day away the Final Four. So much good stuff going on in sports right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about on Monday. And like I said, the, the NHL playoffs start next week, and so do the NBA playoffs. And, uh, and we'll have the Final Four. And I, I don't know, probably the event that I'm most excited for from a sports perspective is the Masters, which I love every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday. And then to have Sunday at the Masters followed by the first of the Game of Thrones uh, final season episodes – is going to be one hell of an awesome uh, Sunday. By the way, as we go to break here, I turn 40 tomorrow, um, and uh, I just want to thank everybody out there who has allowed me to do what I do for a living. Um, The reason why OutKick exists and the reason why we have the audience we do is almost entirely word of mouth. Um, From the moment that, uh, that I started writing online, uh, to now. It's been 15 years I started writing online as a 25-year-old practicing law, and uh, and 15 years later, I'm very, very grateful for everybody out there who's become a part of our audience. Thank you for spending your mornings with us. Thank you for spending your afternoons with us. However, you may spend your time with OutKick and with me and with us. Uh, I appreciate that immensely, and uh, that is the best birthday present I could get, even though I'll officially be an old man tomorrow. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, oh, oh. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 